This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello! It feels so good to welcome you back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who has some updates since the update episode I did two weeks ago, but I'll save those for the mid-break. I want to get into a character deep dive and get lost in Night City. And I'm Vervada, the girl who has definitely missed her co-host's face so much, and definitely could use some deep dives in getting lost in Night City as well. I missed you too, babe. And seriously, I've missed our weekly chats and leaving little notes on our scripts to each other. The last month has really shown me how much fun doing the podcast is, and how much I miss it, and you, and our chatters when we aren't recording. If you're new here, welcome to the beautiful chaos. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis, and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of fucking. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters using specific in-game dialogue. So, if you want to stay spoiler-free, this isn't the podcast for you. So, here's your fucking spoiler alert. Thanks to the N7th degree for the spoiler alert legend. Just like with all of our previous episodes, you assume you have some background knowledge of the game and character in question, but we'll be providing context for those of you who may be unfamiliar. First, let's find out what River thinks is his best feature. You know, woman once told me I have sexy calves. That's it? Just like her boyfriend's. Before he lost his legs in the war. Yikes. She was right, though. I do have great calves. (laughs) What is it about men and their legs? They're always like on about you skip leg day or you don't skip leg day. I'll tell you one thing, though. River does not skip leg day. He may not be humble about his calves, but River Ward has humble beginnings. He and his sister Joss grew up on their family's small farm, but like all small farms around Night City, it eventually was eaten up by the corpo machine as industrial farms took over like mold. His parents managed to buy a grocery store in the city and they moved into an apartment above it. But peace is hard to come by in Night City and downright unaffordable for people without the eddies to pay for protection. Eventually, some violent thugs high on something broke into the ward's store looking for cash, and when they didn't find any, they broke into the apartment. River's father swore that they didn't have anything else, but the thugs didn't believe him, and one of them shot and killed his father. Then they gave River a gun and forced him to point it at his mother, demanding that he kill her. Like, what in the actual fuck? River was just a little boy, and he stalled, terrified, and the thug grew impatient, and he shot River's mom when River couldn't do it. Assholes. The thugs ran off, leaving River and Jost traumatized orphans. 
and the NCPD never caught the people responsible because of fucking course. So, River vowed to stop criminals like the ones who murdered his parents by becoming a Night City police detective. And that's what he did. Not sure how successful he's been at stopping criminals, but at least his heart is in the right spot. Yeah, righting wrongs, bringing justice to an unjust world. That's River's cornerstone. One of River's tropes is a wide-eyed idealist, which is funny because he's so blind to all the corrupt cops around him, including his own partner, Detective Han. But we'll talk about that a bit later. So baby River and Joss grew up. River did become a detective, and Joss married an aldecaldo man who gave her three kids and years of trauma. River became a pseudo-dad to Joss's three kids, Randy, Dorian, and Monique. And eventually their dad died, and River kept on being that father figure. And time goes on in Night City. At some point before V and River first meet, he and Joss had a falling out over River's unending drive to be to bring justice to Night City, to the point that it became an obsession. He started shirking family responsibilities in his endless pursuit of justice. When you finally meet River, he is in the middle of one of his cases that he just can't walk away from. The mission is called I Fought the Law. And the law one. <laughs> And this is the mission where River realizes that the death of the former mayor was covered up by his partner. It really shakes his worldview to learn that his partner is a dirty cop, and he actually gets kicked off the force for going on the warpath. Well, suspended, in his words. Same difference. So what else is there for a disgruntled and recently fired cop to do than to take matters into their own hands? Why are all the cop love interests disgruntled vigilantes? Looking at you, Garris. Anyway, River's nephew Randy, the eldest of his sister's children, has gone missing, of course. And River's honed cop instincts tell him that something's off. The game is afoot. Of course he ropes V into his lone quest, which isn't so lonesome anymore. And if you want to romance him, you better help him. Otherwise he'll die. Fair warning. Basically, he shows you some footage of a suspect behind recent child abductions, fleeing from the cops and being shot, and a child who was with him was wearing Randy's shoes. Only one pair of shoes like that in all of Night City, apparently. While the suspect Anthony was still alive, he was in a coma and unable to be interrogated, at least by people using normal interrogation methods. That's not going to stop River, though, because his purpose in life is to care for his family. So he convinces you to sneak into a lab to steal some brain dances, or memory recordings, of Anthony's, to try and look for clues about where he might have hidden Randy. But, oops, you get caught by Dr. Packard, who needs to be threatened with blackmail from River in order to hand over the BDs. Oh, and she reveals that he has been kicked off the NCPD, which is news to V. Oh, and she's also River's ex. <laughs> all in all, this is a great start to a relationship, right? Not even just a romantic one, but a friendship even. River is a heavy pendulum. He swings hard both ways. He used to be naive, believing that he and his partner were there for good. 
but now he doesn't trust anyone since he found out his former partner Han was a dirty cop. This seems kind of immature of River, seeing as the whole reason he joined NCPD was to actually catch criminals. Like, he never had that high of an opinion on the NCPD before, did he? Eventually, V proves herself worthy of River's trust, but it's definitely awkward for a V hoping to romance River to be lied to and then confronted by his ex. You don't know she's his ex at the time, but he fesses up in a text message like a true brave person. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, don't tell me that I met your ex in a text later. Like, fess up to it beforehand. And I don't think River actually does swing both ways. But that's a later topic. So, through the brain dance, you can find clues to figure out exactly where Randy is being held captive. It's not hard to find clues, but if you don't get enough and guess the wrong place, or you do guess the right place but never help River go to the place, Randy will die. And River might die. So don't do that. Scan all the things. Get the right answer. Once you get past the defenses and rescue Randy and several other victims, the mission will end with this conversation with River. We did it, River. Yep. We sure did. But I'm not about to leave it like this. The horror that bastard inflicted. Can't let it go. What you want to do? Zero him? Exactly. Squeeze the life out of him with my bare hands. Sick fuck has to die. At this point in the conversation, you can either support him or persuade him to not dirty his hands by killing Anthony while he lays defenseless in a coma. Either way, this mission's finished, and the next time you see River, it'll be in the mission called Follow the River. Cute. This is the mission. A cute date. The moment when you can turn this friendship into a relationship. Let's set the scene. You drive out to the outskirts of Night City to a dusty trailer park. Not exactly the most romantic place, but as you approach River's home, you can hear the sounds of children laughing and playing. His niece and nephew say hi as you approach River, standing in a tank top and an apron, stirring some jambalaya. You help him cook the jambalaya, and honestly, it's a smart move by River. Cooking together creates feelings of happiness and deepens the bond between people because food is one of the greatest ways of connections we have as humans. Plus, there's something to be said about seeing a giant wall of man meat in an apron. Oh, perfectly content to chop the veggies. You also get to play a VR video game with his niece and nephew. And if you want extra brownie points, let the kids win. It's basically the closest thing to a normal life that V will get in the time we know them in Night City. But it's just one night. Yeah. <laughs> so, we have to talk about how River, in my opinion, was crafted to be the dream guy according to whatever men think women want. Strictly speaking, cishet women anyway. I mean, lots of people do love River. I like River well enough, but I mean... Come on, he's maybe the only good cop in the entire city. He loves kids, he cooks well, he's hot, he's super buff, and he just basically wants a family life with you. V's the one who throws the wrench in with the fact that she's dying, but it's all a little too white picket fence for me. 
Maybe it's just these cynical eyes. I suppose you could make the argument that he is refreshing in Night City, being that genuine and pure like Judy. But at least Judy can blend in with Night City. River kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. He's definitely a lone wolf for that very reason. And I think it's more than just cishet women. I don't even like lumping and categorizing people like that. I think that River is geared towards people who want the white picket fence. I want that. I have that in real life, and I love seeing my kind of relationship in video games. Yes, I also have fun with romances that are nothing like what I have. But sometimes it's nice just to have a semblance of normality. Like in Night City, where there's so much chaos all around, I like that river can be that anchor, that touchstone to come back to. A place to call home. Yeah, I I understand that. I just want to get into why I assume this, like I said, it's all my opinion, but I assume he's some idealized female fantasy version of a romance option a bit later, though. It's more of a gripe I have with CDPR, not River himself. But let's finish this date first. So you cook jambalaya, play a game, and eat dinner with the fam. Joss teases her brother and plainly states that he's attracted to you. And after some silly police-themed banter, the two of you go off for some solo time atop a rusty water tower. The view of the city at night is, at least, quite romantic. And the two of you flirt back and forth, with V retelling some of the worst pickup lines she's ever heard. They were pretty good. Finally, River can't tiptoe around it anymore. But before River just comes out with it, we're going to take a mid-break. Okay, time for some fun facts. River is the only romance option in cyberpunk that can die, which is pretty sad. Don't let him die. And we touched on this in Pan Am's episode. But River is of Native American descent, specifically the Pomo tribe indigenous to California. Their lands make up present-day Mendocino County, Sonoma Valley, Napa Valley, Lake County, and Calusa County. Those are some of the most beautiful parts of California, if you haven't had the privilege of seeing it for yourself. Also, something I found that was funny, the same developer that had to record the sex noises for Carrie, Pavel Sasko, he's the quest director for Cyberpunk, also had to do it for River. It's hilarious. Just keep that in mind whenever you bone River or Carrie. It's not their normal voice actors. Nope. Watching that Twitch clip is the... It's it's so funny. My girlfriend, she laughs at me whenever I talk about this. But if you have sex with them, that's my voice. <laughs> so I love good. it. Dedication to the craft. Oh, yeah. I mean, so what? It's sex noises. They're not too hard to make. Huh, <laughs> hard. <laughs> okay. Oh. So, it obviously has been a minute since we have done a true episode. Um, so, it's time to get caught up on reviews that have been left. This one was left, like, we got it on my birthday. So, happy birthday to me back on the 7th. So, I was really happy. Which was over a month, well over a month ago. So, this was back left back on June 7th through iTunes, uh, by username SDKUAB. I'm not even going to try and pronounce what those ones are, but I will read it out for you. Five stars. 
the critical approach to gaming that I've longed for. Too many times when I've tried out a show breaking down and discussing a favorite game, a few different scenarios come up. Some of the greatest hits. It's been a few years since I last played, but I think I remember, or this classic, I, or my spouse, thought that the character was boring or mean, so I didn't spend much time talking to them. This show doesn't suffer from any of those forms of sloppy analysis. The show takes the time to really unpack the details using actual lines and events from the game. They're able to back up statements and cite their sources, and it's exactly what I've been looking for in a podcast. It's the story and lore of a video game that will keep me coming back for more. Over the years, I've come to realize that the relationships of my player characters are the most interesting parts of the story, the component that can change the tone and emotional impact of different scenes the most. I'm very glad that there's a show giving these stories their due. The highest praise I can give this show is that while I normally crank through podcasts all day while I'm at work, I can go an entire shift without finishing a whole episode. There's so much thought-provoking material that I need to pause continuously so I can spend time in deep reflection before moving on. It's incredible. I'm a little limited right now because I only want to hear the episodes for relationships I've experienced firsthand. I need to get playing so I can listen in on more of the discussion. Although, there is one romance that I know is popular, but I flat out don't get. I really want to hear their take to see what new insights I can gain on the subject. I love what these two women bring to the party. I'm hoping that they'll eventually branch out into other subjects of games, particularly Mass Effect, because they're the best ones for the job that I've heard so far. Stop thinking about it, just download the first episode, and give it a chance for yourself. Oh, that one really, really, this is why we do what we do. Um, and then a couple of points that I wanted to, talk, to touch on there. One, I want to know who you flat out don't <laughs> get <laughs> that part. I was like, you flat out don't get somebody. I want to know who that person is. Um, and then if you are looking for a deep dive on lore of Mass Effect, there's no better podcast than the Mass Effect lore cast. Like, that's, I mean, one, it's how we got started, um, how we met. Mm -hmm. But really, Sam does such a good job on all the research. Yeah, he does. It's very validating to see reviews like this because it's like what you said is why we do it. So it's nice to see that it's it's communicated, you know, that it is coming across that that's why we're doing it. And that's where our effort is being noticed. So it's great. I like that. And we have one more review since then that was from a few days after this one that Jen just read. This one was on also on Apple Podcasts and it's from June 12th by Becky M617. And it is five stars. Thank you, Becky. Such a fun podcast. This is a podcast I didn't know I needed. It's nice to know that others get just as invested in video game relationships as I do. <laughs> we definitely do. I appreciate the research that Genesis and Vervada do for each episode and the different perspectives they both bring to the podcast. The only problem is my list of characters to romance and future playthroughs keeps growing, but I know it will have to be Garrus again anyway. Thanks for bringing us this fun podcast. Same Becky, same Garrus forever. <laughs> I can't, I can't stray from him. Mm -mm. Always and forever. Always and forever. And I love that too, that it's like, 
you know, so many different people are finding us and realizing that it's like, I didn't know that other people, one, I didn't know other people played this game like I do, and two, I didn't know that other people liked the relationship aspect of this video game. And I really like that we're finding more and more people. Yay, and welcome. It is time to thank the patrons. And since it's been a while and so many new patrons have joined, I just wanted to go down the whole list because your support during these times have been so appreciated. You've definitely bought me a coffee or 10 and maybe a beer or three. So to all of our current active patrons, Toasty, Muffiny Cake, Apollo, Cloudy, Meiji Moose, Captain Shanko, Stoned Mystios, the Cups, and our new crew of Becky, Kathy, Drew, and Luke. Big hearts and major, major love. And of course, you can join our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, and that will make it so that way you can vote on the Patreon topic that we talk about. It really does go a long way to help us out. And as promised, here are some major updates. We got the official confirmation that it was an adamantium. This word is impossible. And the doctor described it to me as I can rarely pronounce this word, so I just call it adamantium. So we are going to go with adamantium. It is an adamantium craniofrangioma. Those are big words to say benign brain tumor. Benign. Also, we moved up to the oncology ward. They focus on brain healing post-tumor removal. The ICU is for stabilizing and balancing. Oncology is for PT and recovery. And she once again proves to be unique. Results from her most recent MRI came back, and her brain is not moving the spinal fluid the way it should be. It is pooling instead of draining. Her scans indicate that she might still be having headaches from the buildup. She had a second surgery to place a shunt from her brain to her stomach to safely regulate draining. So, three steps forward and one step back, but still on the path. And most importantly, back in the room, she opened her eyes again for me. She's a very sluggish grip, but I think we are all good. So as it has been since day one, time and healing is all she needs. It's just the hardest thing to give. Big major love to all of you. And thank you so much for all of your support in all this. Also, I am switching things upstream wise. I want to be able to live stream on Twitch and then post the videos to YouTube later. It will allow me to do some edits to titles and category placements and some behind the scenes stuff. So live streams are moving back to Twitch only. This one is not on YouTube right now, but it will be in a few days. Now, on that note, let's get back to that beer on the rooftop. I see what you're doing, River. And how am I doing? Do I stand a chance? Just don't fall in love with me. Too late, V. Too late. We're here, everyone. 10-4, <laughs> assault with a friendly weapon taking place. River's taking his one eye to the optometrist. You guessed it, it's time for the two of them to foxtrot uniform Charlie Kilo. Take us to Pound Town, Jen. <laughs> oh, I am always down to foxtrot. Or at least talk about it. So, shh. 
let's get into River's pants. And that's really how the scene starts after a hot and heavy makeout session with gentle shoves through doorways v grabs at river's belt buckle as you sneak past the kids sleeping in the other rooms they have to keep it quiet have to not wake up anyone that aspect of it can be really sexy knowing that anything louder than a gasp could wake up the kids and oh damn There's something really sexy about seeing your playable character semi-nude. Especially for me, seeing a nude female V. Dude, those are my tits. (laughs) Moving on. River, shirtless, with V on top. Yes, please. The hand on the face holding him exactly where I want him. And then... Wow, those movements. Shh, shh, my love. I will cover your mouth so we can keep going until he can't take any more. River has been working on his core strength for sure. He sits up and kisses what I assume are your glorious tits. Big, small, somewhere in between, different sizes are no longer there. All boobs are good boobs in my mind. River wants to change things up a bit. He presses you up against a window and wow, does it remind me of fucking Carrie. More moving and thrusting and ah, yes. Oral is once again top priority for Night City lovers. How did they stay so quiet? And how did we end up on the floor? Who cares? That was hot. It's a good scene. It's a solid fuck. The sneaky aspect. The obvious physicality of River. I give this a nice and round eight. But what does Johnny think about hooking up with River? Christ, V. Can't believe you're making me fuck a cop. Gonna go plug my ears, gouge out my eyes. I think it's interesting that Johnny won't comment about V fucking his former best friend in a burning boat, but will say something about River. So funny. I think Johnny's just that anti-establishment that any cop's a bad cop. It's hilarious to me. It's so funny. I actually just played through this romance scene myself to see what it was all about, and Johnny's comments were definitely the highlight for me. Also, waking up in nothing but River's tank top and having Joss like waltz in asking River to fix the generator while my Gucci Gucci is just like on display made me cackle. Make sure you check your inventory after you spend the night, folks, or you may be walking around naked because <laughs> I had no idea. It was hilarious. Oh, that is good. And it's funny that like you see underwear on your character all the time, but you go in your menu and there's there's none. There's no undies. No undies anywhere to be seen. Yeah. Okay. Did you hear the audio that I played hidden? Because I thought I saw you reacting to it. I what I 100 at first I was like, I'm hearing I'm hearing things. Jen's got something in the background. Somebody's something's being picked up somewhere. (laughs) And then because I, I heard bottles clinking, and it must have been when they knocked the bottles over off the desk. And then I heard the sex noises, and I was like, nope, that's the river scene. I just watched <laughs> this, so I know I know that's the river scene. The fact that it was so quiet 
I don't know. It, in scenes where it will work like that, I'll try and play those in the background. But yeah. I think the fact that it was just like, we have to keep it quiet, that I could play it in the background. Because there's no way that I could play the Pan Am scene. That one was like graphically sexual, moaning and groaning. That would have distracted me having listened to it while I was talking. <laughs> but back to Johnny's reaction. I loved it. I think it was perfect. It fits him. It was funny. And I just wish that he had reactions to the others as well. But just like with all the Night City lovers, it's pretty challenging to get a happily ever after. It's downright impossible even, seeing as V has six months left to live, no matter what ending you choose. If you stay in Night City and he's your primary romance, he'll invite you to Randy's birthday party in the end credits, which is super cute. But if you choose to leave Night City with the nomads, just like Carrie, River will dump you. As a foil to Pan Am and Judy, River's family is what keeps him in the city. This is a long clip, but it's a great summary of why they wouldn't work. Damn, you look good, V. Because I finally know it'll all be okay, leaving everything behind. Everything and everyone. So haven't changed your mind, I guess. Yeah. I'm staying. Got to. I sensed as much. God damn it, River. Just couldn't get myself to believe it. Didn't want to believe it. Really? Really. So you understand? Didn't say that. Got my sister, you know. She... She's a grown woman. Yeah, but she's no good alone. Can't manage. Besides, what? Night City. It's my city, V. What's that mean, River? Really? City sure doesn't give a shit about you. It's not a thing, V. The city's people. People I'm responsible for. It's a. It's a complex pledge to perform a duty. A duty I. I don't want to run from. So it's worth it to you? To sacrifice for the city? V, I know what NC does to people. Know what it's done to us. But look around. You found your family. Let me have mine. And let me take care of them. There's just one thing I'm damn good at. And that's it. I'll miss this. Miss it always and forever. So this is goodbye. Think we knew we wouldn't get a happily ever after. I think we both knew. Oh, as I was listening to that, it really reminded me of the dialogue between Caden and a romance shepherd on Horizon in Mass Effect 2. It was the same kind of tone, you know, same thing. Or you got your thing, I got my thing. Guess we just weren't meant to be. So sad. But that brings me to my rating for River, like the romance rating. We'll get into this a bit more, I'm sure, in just a minute. But I wanted to briefly talk about my issue with the River Romance, if I haven't made it clear. It's not my favorite romance in cyberpunk, but uh, River is a great character. I think he's interesting. He's kind. He makes for a great boyfriend and lover, clearly. But CDPR really put both Carrie and River especially on the back burner this was why I said River seems like what men think women want, even though I agree with Jen that we shouldn't lump people together 
I'm assuming that's what the developers did. The love interests that are stereotypically not for cishet male players are just not as fully fleshed out, so it feels like there's a bias here. River and Carrie are both relegated to side missions, whereas Pan Am and Judy are main quest characters. Pan Am is probably the most essential NPC of the entire game, and also has arguably the most powerful and fleshed out romance, with Judy a close second. When I played through River's romance, I noticed a ton of bugs, and I am not the only one who's noticed them. For instance, if you call him to just chat, not a mandatory phone call, but just to chat, his dialogue never plays. Every time. It's just a picture of his face in the top left corner of your screen, and no audio. The morning after your night of passion, and you come out of the bedroom, his niece and nephew are stuck in a T-pose inside their beds, rather than laying in them. Every time. Even before you sleep with him, he has very limited dialogue, so he comes off very flirty, and you have no options but to flirt back until you turn him down atop the water tower. My V had already established a relationship with Judy, but I wasn't given any option to communicate that to River, and it definitely made that scene feel a bit icky on my V's part, because someone in a committed relationship should have had an opportunity to mention that before we're drinking together alone on top of the water tower. And... What's funny is I actually reported these bugs, specifically the audio with River's phone calls, to CDPR. I've reported bugs before, and I've always gotten pretty quick responses, specifically to CDPR, with requests for video explaining the issue, and then they let me know when it's fixed. And then I reported River. And with River, it took him over two weeks to respond, and all they emailed me back was, thank you for your report, which was so different from how they responded to all my other bug reports. So it definitely feels like River is not a priority for them, even a year and a half after the game was released. I get it, they've got a lot of bugs to work through in that time, and even at launch I loved Cyberpunk, but it's a bummer to have the romances skewed so strongly in one direction. So given all that, I give River a 5 out of 10 for what it is, and a 10 out of 10 for what it should be, what it could have been, but it's not. I agree. Like, the romance felt not stilted, that's not the right word, but just kind of fell in love too fast, and that there wasn't a whole lot of buildup. So, like, I get... and. Carrie kind of felt that way too. But with Carrie, I feel like we fell in lust more than we fell in love. And so for that to be that way, I got that. But with River, it just felt kind of, yeah, here's a guy for you to fall in love with just because we need a straight guy option. Yeah, and he tells you he loves you in a text message that they added. Oh, in the 1.2 patch? I mean, I'm not sure if it's a brand new one, but for me, it's just like, it's not even an audio clip. Like, he texts it to you, which feels shitty in a, like, if you're really role-playing it and you're like, this person is a real person, how dare he text that to me? But also just from reality standpoint, like, that seems very rushed and like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And he, you get three missions. Like, he has the least amount of time out of any of the other romance options either. So he's literally forgotten about, but he's made to feel like the most stable and traditional love, you know? Mm-hmm. But it just sucks, kind of. I feel bad for River. Yeah. 
I don't know if they cut a lot of content from him or what, but it just doesn't feel enough. <laughs> Agreed. And Shanko says that the options for speech with him uh, with male V are almost identical until you try and kiss him. And so if he's yeah. like, it doesn't make sense. That's that's kind of a gripe with all of the romance options in cyberpunk. There's no real incentive to romance him because you don't have a different relationship with him, really. Like, all of the romances in cyberpunk are basically friendships with a sex scene. Some of them have a little bit more dialogue to suggest otherwise, but it's it's not. And it's hard to do in, in one game, I get that, but it's still the end goal is the sex scene, and then you really don't get anything else with them, which is a bummer, because that's when the romance starts. But they treat it as when it ends. That's the goal. Oh, you got the sex scene, so it's over. And that's a bummer. And that, lovely listeners, is where we would usually end our show. For this episode, we have a special guest. One half of the MCU lore cast, resident horse girl, and former MMA fighter. Please welcome an honorary captain of the TGO ship, Shanko. Welcome back to the show, Shanko. You've been with us a couple of times now. How are you today? I'm really good. I was looking forward to this all day. Had a great day at work, so it's all great. Yay! All right, do you want to give us a little bit of your origin story and how you came to love cyberpunk? Absolutely. Um, I think, like you had mentioned earlier... Both of you started doing this because of the Mass Effect lore cast, and I'm much the same. I became a part of the Robots Radio Network because of the Mass Effect lore cast. It was what drew me in, and then I found your guys' show and just absolutely love what you guys do, and um, really big fan, and I love everything. It's so great. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I was looking for another game to play because I legitimately have been through Mass Effect, even just since I've moved in with my current boyfriend about a dozen times and he's tired of <laughs> watching me make the same decisions all over again he's like you gonna go romance the green lizard man again <laughs> yes the answer is yes and a lot of people on the discord were talking about cyberpunk and how much they were enjoying playing it and i said you know what uh people that like mass effect are tending to like cyberpunk give it a shot mm-hmm I'm about 80 hours into a playthrough right now, and I'm just, like, completely getting lost in Night City. It looks like so much fun just getting lost in, like, all the little, like, oh, I wonder what this road will lead me to. Can I follow that path down that side of the map? Let's find out if there are any side quests over here. Let's go over there. I am going to get lost in this game. (laughs) In, like, the best way possible. Yeah. I just listened to the radio drive first person in my motorcycle around to all the different clothing shops trying to make the perfect outfit i still haven't found it doesn't (laughs) happen in cyberpunk the outfit no it does not 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 the greatest i got one that's pretty good but that's it out of three playthroughs so we discussed a lot of things about river today did you learn anything new I clinically overthink things, and <laughs> before I even started Cyberpunk, I was like, okay, I know romance is a part of this, who are my options, and I kind of, I did a lot of reading on the pages and watched a lot of videos before I started, because I knew, starting out, I'm like, this is my first run-through on a absolutely huge RPG, I need to be prepared. 
it's always nice to hear different perspectives about characters that I love. And that's why I like this show so much. So we talked a little bit about how the river romance is a little bit limited, but is there anything that you have found being somebody who has done this romance uh, multiple times? Are there any key factors that we missed or things that would have brought more depth to this romance? I mean, I think he just suffers from a lack of missions. Like you said, he only has like three story missions and they're very easy to miss. You could go through the whole game without doing them and it wouldn't really have a major impact. I would have loved to see even more just phone calls, text messages, cutesy stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple more missions to make him feel like more part of the main story because even with Carrie, you spend a good chunk of time doing side missions and that kind of stuff. Um, and then with Pan Am and Judy, they have a lot more screen time than River does. And he suffers, I think, just from a lack of presentation. Like he's the guy, they're like, okay, here's your, your romance for a, a straight female V. But, you know, not as fleshed out as some of the other romance options for sure. Agreed. I also, because I could be, I judge that based off of like how long their full romance video on YouTube is. Judy and Pan Am's theirs was almost like two hours long and River got like an hour ten. That's not a lot of dialogue. That's not a lot of ways to interact with him. I think that they definitely could have given him a lot more. I was just going to say he has three missions, but I only count two because the third one is the one where you have dinner with his family and stuff. So it's literally just the date slash sex scene. And it's not long. You could do that in like five minutes. I don't know. It's just such a bummer. And all his dialogue doesn't even freaking work. Uh, If you just call him for funsies, I don't even know what he says because the captions don't even appear. So it's just like moments of silence. And then V's dialogue pops up and you and I always just hang up because I'm like, I'm not sitting through this. I don't know what he's saying. So we, we still don't know. We still don't know CDPR what he's supposed to say in all of those phone calls. You go visit him at the at his house at the trailer park before you call him ever, you can have the same conversations you would have had on the phone with him. Uh, And I found this out because I just went to the trailer park. (laughs) I wanted to look at him. (laughs) And, uh, And then it gave me the option to talk to him and then all of the options from the phone call were there, but several of them were grayed out because I had already tried to punch them in for a phone call. So I do believe if you go back and you don't call him, after you've completed the romance arc, I think you can go back and have those conversations with him in person, but they are intended to be had over the phone, and it's really disappointing that it's been several years. So it came out in 2020, what, 2020? Yeah, it's been a year. It came out in November 2020, so it's been like a year and a half, almost two years in a couple months. And, you know, I know they had like a big old pile of bugs they had to get through because of everything that happened we all know about that but it's like come on at what point is it time to work on him a little bit to iron out the details there's i i when i was doing research for this episode i came across lots of forum posts on cdpr's website of disgruntled river mancers you know (laughs) wanting some closure if anything (sighs) it's just a little annoying to me that it would be that disparate from the other romances 
legitimately like half the length of all of the other romances. Agreed. I also was just thinking of, hmm, would I ever take a float down the river? I think I would. <laughs> I have to play a female V first, though. Uh, or at least finish my male V run. I did. I have two saves where I did Judy's missions and River's missions up to the point of following the river and Pyramid Song, which is Judy's romance mission. And then I just branched out so that I could do both and see, because I've done Judy before. That was my first playthrough, but then I wanted to see River. And yeah, what sucks too is like that, that kind of mission, like I really do love detective stuff. And it starts out so strong where you're helping him on an investigation and you're like, this is so fun. I want to look for clues. We're having fun. He's so cute. And then it just like fizzles out so fast. The sex scene is good and all, but I don't know. It's just, this is like a larger problem. I think I talked about this with Teacup on the Dragon Age lore cast for Solus's episode, but we were talking about how often in video games, the goal is the sex scene, like that's it. And, you know, when we were talking about Solus, like he doesn't have a sex scene. So he kind of sticks out with his romance because there is no culmination of sex in his romance. But like with River, that's all you really get. And then he, with the texts, I guess they're meant to make you feel a bit more close to him because I'm sure CDPR realizes that he's shorter than the rest and feels rushed. But it feels even more rushed when he's like, I love you. On a text, you know, this, this, it comes off clingy. I'm like, come on. I definitely think they threw in those text messages because there should have probably been cutscenes or little tiny side missions or even phone calls. They just didn't want to bring the voice actor back in or whatever the case may be. And it was very, very disappointing when I said, okay, I'm playing as a female V and I am... Now, as much as I think Judy is beautiful and a very good character, I did not personally want to romance her because I like men. <laughs> and my first playthrough, I wanted to go through as a little bit more as something I can get into. And hell, I will in subsequent playthroughs eventually romance everyone. Uh, River was who I wanted to go for, and I didn't get very much time with him. Yeah. So River was your first pick on your first playthrough? And yes, he was. Okay, so as a female V, your other option would be Judy, so I'm assuming that your decision hasn't really changed since then. River is still your guy. You just wish that you had more time with him? I do, I do. He's, I mean, that character model, he's got a great body. He's a good-looking oh, yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. Um, robot eye aside... I know that's creepy for a lot of people. I don't personally mind it. You know, like, I went for the green alien man in Mass Effect. And <laughs> I mean, we go for the I, guy I, who's always wearing a visor yeah. over one eye, so it's not like we can really talk. <laughs> no. Honestly, honestly, I think they made it less creepy because I remember when I first played the game before they... It was at launch, so it was, it was rough. And I remember red in there or something like it looked it made him look evil but now i feel like he looks different i don't know if that's just me remembering it wrong but it it looked a lot less scary this time around so that was good but i was uh playing cyberpunk earlier in preparation for this and i was just watching him walk and the the man swings his arms like he needs them for inertia like he's just so massive it made me laugh he's he's a big boy (laughs) 
I did also ride the bull, so we, I we too stand have ridden big the bull. guys here. I guess you guys have the same type. Giant wall of man meat. So we have kind of touched on this part. Um, do you feel that we did this romance justice? And do you agree with our ratings for the night? I gave him an 8 out of 10 for the sex scene because it was hot. And then V said it was a 5 out of 10 for what it is, but a 10 out of 10 for what it could slash should have been. Definitely. He's a character that had so much potential to be amazing with a couple more missions and a little bit more fleshing out and making it to where the romance doesn't feel rushed because it definitely does. He jumps right to the texting you that he loves you. And that's a bit much for me, and I chose to romance him, so definitely, definitely agree with your statements, and yes, his romance scene was hot. It deserves the eight that it got, because it's not its not the best one I've ever seen in the world, but definitely stand out. Definitely got extra points for good oral. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking as you were talking, Shanko, I don't know if like people remember or if they listened to this episode, Jacob Taylor episode for Mass Effect 2. And I was just thinking, I'm like, both of these romances are straight men of color who got not what they deserved. Like they were forgotten. I don't know, like, I'm not gonna say there's a conspiracy or anything. But like, just overall, the male romances in cyberpunk, completely forgotten about. Taylor, forgotten about. We need to find a game that has a good example i mean i guess maybe dorian in inquisition is the best one i can think of off the top of my head but he's not straight but he's a man of color but i can't think of anything else right now off the top of my head yeah oh uh as for men no because i was like trainer wasn't too bad but yeah there's just a like a huge gaping hole of no solid romances for men of color Especially straight ones. Agreed. All right. And as someone who has done multiple full playthroughs, what makes you want to come back each time to Cyberpunk? With any RP- <laughs> yeah, with any RPG, I love to try out different ways of going through the same types of missions. I- I'm I'm playing a combat-built character at the moment. I think next time around, I'd want to go way higher on the tech side to see mm. all of how that differs. Because there have been segments that I can't get to because my tech abilities aren't high enough. And then on that same coin, you know, when I do a tech build, I'm not going to be able to do most of the same things that I would do with my combat built character. Because there are times where I literally just run through a building and kill everything that's in there. <laughs> And I can do that, but if I'm not buffing armor and damage, it's going to be a crazy different run. And then, of course, I want to try the different romances. I think next time around, I have to go for a male V. And I'm really, really thinking about romancing Carrie because I just want to jump naked off that yacht. All right. (laughs) Hey, I am all for it. So, and I recently found out that you can make it work that you can have both romances so i'm gonna start with a carrie romance and then end it with pan am like end no continue the romance with pan am end the game with a pan am romance i think that's gonna be fun because yes the carrie scene is just like i i I still can't get over it 
I'm trying to figure out which background I want to go with, too, for my next run, because right now my, my V is the Nomad. Both the Street Kid and the Corpo life path really interest me, and I watched a little bit of the intros for both of those as well, and they're very different from the Nomad. Yeah. Um, I'm playing Corpo, so maybe you should go Nomad, because I plan on streaming my playthrough, so you can watch on with that. My first playthrough is Street Kid. I'm a nomad right now. I did play the intro for Corpo just to see it, but I didn't finish the game with it or anything. I just can't be a Corpo rat. All right. And before we wrap up the show, is there anything that you want to shout out or plug, Shanko? Well, thank you guys for having me. I obviously have to give a massive thank you to you guys for doing what you do. And it's so good that you're back and we missed you. I think I speak for everyone, especially everyone watching tonight. Um, we missed you so much. Um, thanks for listening to me gush about River and um, doing the show about him and letting me come on to talk about him. I'm one of the hosts of the MCU Lorecast, a Robots Radio Rocket Club show. Uh, so if you like Marvel Comics or MCU films and you want to learn more, come check out our show on a Mondays on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I have listened to all three episodes so far, and I think that you and Psych are building such a good chemistry together, and you guys are riffing off of each other, and I'm having a lot of fun. Like, it has been so long since I've watched those first three X-Men movies that I'm like, I totally remember that part. And so you're bringing up a lot of nostalgia for me, and it has been really fun to listen to it. Because for me, I don't know the comics that well. I am strictly like a video component when it comes to my Marvel stuff. So the fact that Psyche brings in the like, this is how their character actually started in the comic books, and here's how they got it right, and how they didn't get it right in the movies. In the third movie, your breakdown of the fight scene, where it was like, yes, send the pawns out forward and that's the way that it needs to be and then talking about the wire movements with beast i was just like yes i am all here for it so please check out the mcu lorecast keep putting out the good episodes <laughs> and if you like what you're hearing here tonight please be sure to leave a review on itunes or give us a rating on spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts you can find me and our two girls one ship chat on the Robots Radio Discord channel and come give us a follow on all the social medias at two girls one ship. Links to those are in the description. I'm on the Robots Radio Discord as well and on our own two girls one ship Discord server now where we nerd out on all our favorite CGI significant others. Be sure to check out our live stream on Twitch on Fridays at 10:30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7:30 p.m. Pacific Time. Or watch the YouTube video a few days after the stream. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. So thanks for listening. And remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. 
Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Mikola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later, and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's the Elden Archives, from Soft Lorecast, available everywhere. <laughs>